0: Welcome everybody, I'm Chris Miller, author of the number one best-selling book, Ready for pre tirement Three Secrets for Safe Money and a Fabulous Future, and I'm so honored to be the host of this show called Ready, Set, Retire, but I think I'm going to change the name Retire to Refire because what happens, what I'm seeing is a lot of people halfway through their life decide that they're going to recreate themselves and give what is really in their heart, and they're starting second businesses, giving their passion, sharing with the world, and recreating themselves. So it's time to refire your life. Now, a lot of people are really concerned, and some people are actually laying awake worrying about if they're going to have enough money to retire. So in this show... Your vision is going to be transformed, and I'm going to show you how to have safe money and a fabulous future. I've counseled thousands of individuals, businesses, and families over the past two decades, and I'm proud to say I've never lost a dime of my clients' money. Now, because retirement is such a big subject, and I call it pre retirement plan retirement early so your money, your health and your peace of mind is there when you need it. This is huge. So it's not going to do you any good to have a million dollars if you don't have peace of mind or you don't have your health. So that's why I've invited some amazing guests to show you how to leverage all of these strategies that are there for your use. Today, I'm so honored to have Kathleen Mundy. She is an amazing published author, speaker, and successful entrepreneur who started a little her store in five years, and that foundation of her franchise empire is based on what she calls her five-step money system that she teaches, and she shows other business owners how to do this. She actually started at age 21 and has made every mistake that we've all made. She's gone from a successful career in real estate, being unemployed, single mother, and now she is a business coach and mentor, and Kathleen is here today to share her riches to regs, story to riches. Kathleen, I'm so glad to have you as my guest.
1: Chris, it is absolutely my pleasure. I am thrilled to be here. I, am, I so honor and appreciate everything you do for your clients. You bring such richness to their lives, and you have such caring and dedicated attitude towards doing so. So. I am thrilled that I was asked and, and I'm really, I, I really focus on that whole retirement piece because if you're an entrepreneur, quite often that's the last thing you look at. And so today I'm overjoyed to offer the opportunity to discuss how to plan if you are an entrepreneur, how to get the most out of your company if you want to transition either by sale or generationally. So I'm thrilled to be here. I'm so, so happy, Chris.
0: Me too, me too. And what you're going to talk to everybody about today is really going to help them prepare their businesses for sale or international transfer and all the things that it's really hard to think about. And it's I really find it's funny because most people really plan their retirement when they retire. This is what I've seen in two decades. And so they turn 65 or something, and then they think, okay, now I've got to start my plan. Instead of planning, the minute you start working, because I look at retirement, as like a state of mind, or I call it an state of mind. It, you really should be in now while you're working, in that posture of retirement or peace, knowing everything is in order. But that's where we've got to start. So what do you think? How How soon... I know it's never too soon, but how soon should an owner start to prepare for that inevitable transition of their business? Well, Chris,
1: you know something? Uh, I'm going to go back to something you said a a couple of seconds ago. In fact, they should be thinking of an exit strategy the day they open their business. And the reason I say that is that um, you're positioning your company to be a valuable asset, And as you grow that asset and it develops in in, in its value, you have a clear understanding and path on how to recover from the high point of value position. So to answer your question, it's absolutely never too soon, ever too soon. But I really like to to be frank with uh, entrepreneurs, business owners, quite often it is when they're close to retirement, they think they might... Uh, transition out of their business. But there's another time. It's when you lose interest in your business. So many times we think see things happen within our lives. There's a change in circumstance or maybe just an interest. There might be illness or whatever. But now you don't have the focus that you once did. If you don't start the transition process at that point, quite often the lack of enthusiasm causes the value of your business to decline. Therefore, your ultimate sale price is reduced. So when you have the notion that you're either going to transition or you've lost interest, two to five years is the optimum for actually preparing your business for sale. Having said that, I agree with you. You start from day one.
0: Right, right. Well, that's I like that. It's definitely a call to action, and it's going to get everybody thinking. Now, you know, you it actually got me to thinking. I've never really thought. I mean, you know, I just think it's just going to go on and on, but I really see, you know, a lot of people now are burnout. so it's not just like when you're going to retire. It's just want to change uh, professions midstream, right?
1: Well, so many people have an enormous amount of wealth, and one of the things we're finding globally is that the distribution of knowledge is in certain sectors that sometimes are removed from the workplace. We've got so many people who are isolated with working from home or consulting. They don't have an opportunity to really get out there and provide that mentorship to people. Now, if you're transitioning, you position yourself to maybe... Give some of that wealth and find opportunities to provide uh, information to those people who really need it as they're coming up into the career that you've been spent your life in sometimes. So it's, it's really important to understand transitioning doesn't mean that you're not going to do something. It goes back to what you said. When you fire yourself up to do something else, there's a life expectancy. Maybe you've been with your company uh, for 20 years, you've gained lots of knowledge, and now you want to share the knowledge rather than working in the business that you created.
0: Right, right. And it's, it's really exciting because I've done I've that transition in my business. I have a one-on-one where I've helped thousands of people with pre retirement planning, but I saw the need was so so necessary that people across the country didn't even have a clue what I was talking about. And millions of people are about to go off a cliff because they don't know these safe money strategies. So I've midstreams changed and went from one-on-one to many. So selling a business can be an emotional time and, you know, what, what can business owners do to prepare for that transition?
1: Well, um, it, it's, I'm sure the the stats aren't much different in the states. And one of the things that causes this emotion is is knowing that the fact of the matter is about one third of small and medium business owners. And now I live in Canada, and that's our number here in Canada. They will be leaving their business over the next five years. I can't imagine oh. it's that different in the states. Oh. Yes, is that correct? Yeah. One third. That's just Yes. It is. It's, uh, those statistics are shocking. So, it's a very emotional time. Now, they're leaving for a number of different reasons, but, uh, e- and each situation is somewhat unique, but this phenomenon is so widespread that it's going to have a very significant socioeconomic challenge for our countries because the transition is an unknown entity, and if they're not prepared for it, the emotional upheaval can be damaging to everyone concerned. And so when they prepare themselves, they need to take systematic approaches to preparing their company prior to offering it for sale. And even while they're offering it for sale, there are additional steps. So you have to plan for an exit just like you do a business plan when you start.
0: You know, you set steps or a timeline. or there certain goals that you set for yourself?
1: Doing that? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, there's, there's many options for su- succession, and those are something that actually determine the methodology that you use and, and what your plan might be. But first of all, grasping some of the options that you have, that's the first step. Understand, what, what can I do? I mean, it can be a, a family transition where you transition to a family member. It could also be transitioning to management or an employee buyout, Uh, Someone that's been with your company for a long time is recognized for that tenure and they're offered an opportunity to purchase the company. And of course, there's the external sale or the third party, which most people think is the natural, easy way out. But quite frankly, before you make any decisions, you have to align... Any decision has to be aligned with your retirement lifestyle choices. And so you have to have a plan. If I leave my business what will i do will i want to be continue to be engaged in this business if i choose to will the sale give me enough retirement income will it secure the business's continuity sometimes and this goes back to the emotional ties if my baby is this business and i have developed a strong and sustainable company quite often it's those emotional ties that restrict the ultimate sale. Because if you can't transition to someone that you have confidence that will hold your baby safe and have a continuity within the community you've built, uh, sometimes uh, those emotional ties can prevent uh, the the sale of a company. So those steps, assessing your option is, is the very first thing. And then, of course, developing an action plan and establish how you want to transfer the company. Again, if you're thinking of having a management takeover or buy-in, rather, um, you need to renew your management team or other stakeholders' commitments, both for the new purchaser and, quite frankly, also if it's going to be a management or an employee purchase, you want to make sure that those key people are buying into the process of transition as well.
0: Right. Boy, it seems like there's a lot of... Different things that that you have to think about, and what what, did, what do business owners need to have in place in order to maximize, say, the purchase price?
1: Well, first of all, they need to. They really, really need to have a team of experts on their side. One of which will be their accountant, their lawyer. They may have a specialist who um, actually is engaged in the buying and selling of businesses, because valuing a business can be a kind of a tricky process. And there's several different ways to value it. I'm not going to go into that today, but um, suffice to say, your accountant can certainly uh, help generate um, a number, whether it be a market value number or um, valuation based on cash flow. So those are kind of uh, opportunities that you need to explore. There are tax implications that you need to explore. The financial impact that the transition may have, whether or not you want to have financial funding in place for the new owner. Those are things that have to be considered, and those are professionals that can form your team and assess what your exit options are and help you plan a critical path to establish your ultimate outcome.
0: Right. It's so obviously it's going to be important to understand the cash flow, and you're preparing to you know transition your business, right?
1: Absolutely. Cash flow, actually, is one of the methods that are used to... Um, value your business, and having a a clear understanding each and every year of what those numbers mean, and that's part of the process that that I developed, and and I'm certainly not uh, suggesting that I'm the only person to have done this, but the fact of the matter is, when you actually look at the numbers in your business, they can foreshadow so much. Not only does it give you past performance, but it will indicate what trends you should expect. You also can indicate what's happening within your business just by looking at history, uh, projections. Uh, You can find efficiency flaws, and you can find areas to actually make higher sales, uh, minimize your expenses. And this, quite frankly, is critical to valuing your company, which is why I said if you take two to five years prior to the, the ultimate date that you wish to do that transition, your value of your company will be greatly enhanced because you'll recognize through the very clear, concise review of your numbers what small shifts you have to make to increase the ultimate value. Does that oh. make sense?
0: Yeah, that makes sense. It kind of reminded me of um, getting a book deal and they want to see all the sales before they buy, buy into the book, right? They want to... It's it, like you know you it, actually it's, create that, the revenue, right?
1: Absolutely. And, and one of the other things that some people forget is um, organizing the finances for a potential purchaser can actually make or break a deal. The person who uh, establishes the financing should be the person who knows most about that business. And quite often, lenders are very reluctant to finance a company um, for a new purchaser because there's, let's face it, it's a very high-risk circumstance for the banks right. or for any lender. So if, if, in fact, the owner of the company who wishes to transition out of it or sell their business, if they actually put some financing in place, they can do what's called a vendor take-back And they can hold the finances for the prospective purchaser, but they've already taken the money out. If you understand what I'm saying, they've done the financing for the new owner, but the funding is done through their risk tolerance and not the new owner. Now, there's some circumstances and some legalities, which is why you have to have your lawyer in place. But there's a lot of different ways that you can actually position your company for sale, but it has to be done in advance. It can't be done at the last
0: minute. That definitely makes sense. And what, what I'm getting all the way into this is I definitely want a mentor somebody that's done this before to help me down the road because there's so many things that could come out that I don't even expect.
1: Absolutely. a uh, Mentorship is, is critical when you're going to be uh, positioning your company for sale. Um, actually, uh, one of my clients mentioned that she had been involved in a in a business for um, fifteen years, and she really did. She didn't have the interest in it any longer. So, she mentioned that she was thinking of closing the business, and I said, "Oh my gosh, this is a viable business. Why don't we review your P and Ls, your profit and loss statements? Let's see what the value might be if you sold that to someone who did have the interest. So, by virtue of going through that process we've positioned her company for sale at a price that she feels is fair that is a price that it's a low enough threshold that so many people could take advantage of this. The, the P&L, the numbers speak volumes. She had fantastic cash flow. She had profits every month and she was taking a wage. How many people who've been out of work would like to do something like that?
0: Absolutely. Well, for those of you that are just joined, our show, you are listening to Ready, Set, Retire, and Kathleen is sharing some amazing things. Maybe you could you could share with us a little bit about this great offer that you have. Your your um, program includes a one-on-one. Go ahead and tell everybody oh. about it. it just sounds oh, Chris, really, this, really is, this is something.
1: Yes. Yes. I, I shouldn't even be talking over you about this, but you can just tell I'm so excited. I know,
0: and you can say I... better than I can, so <laughs> <laughs> go for it. Well...
1: This came from one of my clients, and it was so funny. I have um, private clients. We do mentorships. Um, We have mastermind groups and workshops. And I was doing this private client coaching. We do that via Skype because I like to see people. I like them to see me. I want to share their joy and and cry with them if we have to. But um, we were having this conversation one day, and it was about an hour. We were into this call, and we had a number of different discussions. And I I said to him, so, Peter, what can I help you with today? And he said, you know what? I just love picking your brain. (laughs) I thought, wow, that's really crazy, picking my brain. So, in fact, what we've done, and that kind of resonated with me, sometimes people just need kind of a little kickstart. And so what we've done is we've developed a fast track, and it is just that. You can pick my brain uh, twice a month for six months, and it gets you going, and the topic is your choice. Now, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire. There's no question. If you decide we're going in a certain direction and you want help developing a plan, I will use my number system and we will walk through it and you will be entrenched in your business plan by the time the six months is finished. If you are in business and you just need a kickstart because you want to scale it, maybe you've lost a little bit of interest and you're not really sure how to take it to the next level, then we can use those six months any way that it brings value to your company.
0: (laughs) Actually, it's so
1: exciting. And also, I made this... So incredibly low. It's $2,000 for six months of my time. And I am so excited to offer this because uh, when, when Peter said, I just like picking your brain, I thought to myself, you know what? I've got 40 years of entrepreneurial experiences and I can't even imagine what questions I need to answer for people. So I'm just going to let them ask whatever they want That's and great. then I will, them, I will give them the straight
0: that's awesome Kathleen. I mean, you know, people have to realize that you've walked the talk. You've built a multi-million dollar business in 5 years and yes, I did. and so this experience is not, you know, is real. I really like the way maybe you could um break down you have this nice acronym money and your your money system and and describe that well, a little bit.
1: Absolutely, Chris. Thanks for asking. That money system was actually developed over the last uh, two companies that I developed, most especially the last franchises. I started with one little franchise, and I had a mantra: I want five in five years, and actually it happened. But through that process, I realized I had to develop a lot of systems, even though it was a franchise, um, and I had all of the operations manuals to produce a product to sell out of my bricks and mortar store. It didn't give me the back of house, the business systems that I needed to really follow what was happening and make that business grow. So we developed marketing, and we look at marketing in a different, a completely different manner than what most people do. and And I I explain all of that in my program. And the O stands for operations and systems, and this is what what I developed so that I could actually get out of the business because at the end of seven years. I only worked 15 hours a week.
0: That's what got me. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. And God. most people say, yeah. "My God!" And I was—I'm pulling six figures out of there, and, and I have not drive, and, two nice cars.
0: Right, and you're Pardon running me? all your business. I mean,
1: and I'm running all my business. So that's yeah. what operations and systems, business operations, do for you. And then of course the N in money is numbers and I teach you what to look for in your numbers and what they mean because if you don't know what they're, what they mean then it's a tool that you're not utilizing that's actually in my, my opinion your most valuable tool to your business. And then the E in money stands for evaluations and that is, uh, and it's very prescriptive method that's built into every other element within your company, every other pillar. We have evaluating in marketing. We have evaluating in operations and systems and team building. We have how you evaluate your numbers. And then the why, well, the why is you. It's all about your mindset and the mindset around money. Here's what I've learned over the years. You can have two people who are educated with the same tools. One person is tremendously successful amasses a fortune. The other person lives from paycheck to paycheck. And I'm talking even when you pay yourself, I'm talking paycheck to paycheck. And the difference is the one person has a completely different mindset around money and they are nothing more than a conduit. As soon as they get it, it's gone. And the person who has a very positive mindset about money, recognizing that money is a vehicle to bring their future, success, and happiness. And so once we kind of get that flowing, it's amazing how your company will grow. So that's the money system. It's pretty simple when you really think about it.
0: That's awesome. Well, you know, you got me when, when I first met you and you started talking about how many hours a week you were doing and mm. that you actually had a life. <laughs> it's time for your family. I,
1: I, yes. <laughs> so and stations. I travel. I do. I travel a lot. Um, I posted on my Facebook page. I just changed it although it was the most magnificent office you could probably ever want to have. It was uh, my little office sitting on a deck. I was sitting first thing in the morning. The view was the beach in Exuma in the Bahamas. And I was working from there. It was fantastic. I was there for a week and I was working.
0: That's awesome. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's (laughs) really, really exciting. And I think... You know, it's really important that people wrap around this. There's so much to be able to to understand this. But just to go back to what we were talking about, mm-hmm. how important would you say it would be to have stable, loyal, and it seems obvious, of course, yes, it's important to have well-trained staff. But, you know, you're drilling down into another level here.
1: Well, you know something, Chris? One thing that people don't understand is how well-trained their staff might be if they weren't in the picture and understanding how to evaluate each staff member by removing yourself from the equation uh, can be incredibly valuable because the, the problem with having stable and loyal employees is that sometimes you're not listening well enough to understand what's really going on and assumptions are made. So we believe in communication. I believe that it's the key to everything. And the evaluation process becomes a natural communicative tool. And when you're transitioning, you are also selling your employees. I know that sounds a little harsh, but that's what's happening. You're selling their source of income to another person. They need to feel loyal and they need to trust what you're doing in order for them to feel secure and continue being efficient within that company. The last thing you want to do is to have the employees be unhappy and, and have something transpire that prevents the sale.
0: Right. Ah, yeah, definitely. Well, how would, how would you think about a distinct brand? Is that, how important would that be in that
1: well, if you have a distinct brand, it comes from a lot of hard work, and it positions your company within the marketplace to have an easier transition. And, and by that, let me just explain a little bit. One of the reasons that franchises are so uh, popular, in fact, it's the easiest way to start a business, is the fact that there's brand identity. Right. And that brand identity has huge value. So, when you're buying a franchise, yes, you get an operations manual, but you're buying the brand. So, if you're in a community and you've developed a good, strong company in a certain business sector, then if it's, if you don't have a strong brand to accompany it, the value of your company will be significantly less. Just think in terms of Apple. The brand alone screams value. And a similar company could be doing a similar thing but be unknown. So branding is essential to understanding the value of your company so that the marketplace can, A, reach you, understand how impactful your company is going to be on their life and how improved their life will be because of your brand, and also bring value down the road. So for future business, not just current business, but future business. So I think branding is absolutely critical. If you're expecting to, again, you're going to position your company to sell from the day you open it so you understand that every time, every effort that's made to brand your company is dollars in your pocket.
0: Right. Absolutely. So let's just say, okay, I'm ready to move on and change businesses, sell my business. So, okay, how do I, who wants it? How do I advertise it? What do I do?
1: This is a really good question. Um, there's a lot of different ways. I mean there's websites that offer opportunities to sell to list and sell your business, but I believe that marketing is a relationship-to-relationship process. And I would strongly suggest that you start interviewing people who are business brokers so that you understand how they work, they understand what your needs are, and you start developing a relationship prior to the sale, so that when you are positioned to sell that business or transition it to a family member or to an employee, that the advertising of your business isn't as much as important as the relationship built prior to advertising. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah, it does.
1: If you have a good, strong relationship with a broker or you have a good relationship with an online marketing company. And, and certainly you can build relationships just by doing some research and following them for a while. See if their business methods are aligned with yours and, and ensures that they're working out of integrity. Um, it, it, the advertising or the method of actually getting the message of your business for sale out there, it can be, it's numerous. And it really depends on the, the professional that you're using or the vehicle that you're using. But uh, there's just so many different ways. And you know something? None of them are right and none of them are wrong.
0: Right, right. But that makes sense, getting, you know, connecting with someone ahead of time and sort of warming it, warming the market up. Makes sense. So Absolutely, it, yep,
1: absolutely. You know, this
0: is a, a, a side note here, but you really have an, another amazing thing that people should know about is your Franchise Success Academy for people that are struggling with franchises a lot of mom and pops try to start something, and they don't. They really don't have a business head. And you've really got a great program for that, too.
1: Well, I'm. Uh, thanks. Uh, it's it's been a lot of work. Um, yes, uh, sure. we, we are launching. <laughs> we're we're launching Franchise Success Academy um, in July of this year, and uh, it, it's a full blown curriculum. It will be developed specifically for franchisees or franchisors. Uh, again, to give them that back-of-house business acumen to help them with the understanding of their numbers and the entire system wrapped around owning a business and not just providing a product to the marketplace. And uh, we, I know, there's even in the system that I'm currently in, and I still have my stores. By the way, um, they're running along like lovely little oiled machines. So That's I love great. that. That's um, wonderful. But some people are doing much better in. Um, the same system, and some people are doing quite a bit poorly. And so if your franchise is underperforming, this is a great opportunity to kickstart and get the profits really rolling. So it's got uh, a wealth of information. It's, it, it's a, a pretty comprehensive course, I will say.
0: That's great. I, I, I think that everybody should know about that. I just wanted to throw that in there. And again, Thanks, Chris. Yeah, and, and everybody, you can reach out at makingyourownmoney.com, right? And they Absolutely. It's
1: all about making your own money. Uh, and I thought about that when I was a single mom. I thought, oh, my gosh, I- I'll never be able to put this girl through university. I was working for someone else, and I thought, i got to start making my own money and really getting paid what I'm worth. And um, that was a little bit of vanity, I guess, at the time. <laughs> but, um <laughs> It uh, So I, I designed the company uh, around that. So it's makingyourownmoney.com. There's lots of information on there. I also have a, a Facebook site, a Pinterest. So we exchange information. There's lots of freebies. In fact, I just posted something today. Now, unfortunately, it, a lot of it will be for Canadian content, but, but much of it is transferable. This is tax season. So uh, I have posted a free tips that the revenue, uh, internal revenue doesn't uh, tell you and uh, so we've and the CRA Canadian Revenue Agency. So I've just got I posted those today and those are free for anyone who's worried about their tax implications. So I just we, we always try to give as much as we can and make sure that uh you know, business just doesn't have to be so hard. It's that simple. It can be a lot easier if you deal and work with someone who's gone before you. They will plow the way and they will help you overcome the obstacles and prevent those horrible pitfalls. And I said I started my business when I was 21. Oh, my God. Every mistake possibly able to be made, I made them. I hear you. And, you know, it's just, yeah. I, I just don't want that to happen to other people, and especially other women. If if we can help each other, like, why not? This is This is my mission in life.
0: Right. That's awesome. So when you're selling a business, say, then the purchasers, mm-hmm. they're going to want to know about, your existing customer base. So, how does the business mm-hmm. owner show that there's really a loyal customer, you know, base, and the people want mm-hmm. you, and all of that?
1: Well, that's that's a very good question. That's why your numbers are so critical, and so uh, knowing them and having um, methods within your company to actually monitor them, you can discover the trends within your marketplace. Uh, through those numbers as well, but most, more critically, you can see where your customers when they visit you, how often they visit you, what cycles uh, customers buying. Uh, uh, buying cycles are always uh, influential on your your business. And I've got to tell you, loyalty programs work. You know, I think all of us have loyalty cards in our pocket, and those loyalty cards are critical uh, when you're buying because. It gives the prospective buyer an understanding of how many people are connected to your business community. And if you have four or five thousand people in your loyalty program, there's a pretty good indication that if things go along smoothly, those customers will transfer when the ownership of the business transfers. So you've got continued income and projected sales.
0: Okay, so if you're showing these prospective buyers and you've got your base and, and the numbers and, and you're trying to set it up. It, it, does it ever get to a point where you get a few people that are bidding on it, where you sort of like a bid, or, or they're just going to off, offer a price?
1: Well, Chris, if you've done your homework and you're dealing with a business broker, it's not unusual to actually have more than one prospective purchaser. And it really comes down to terms whether or not you want to uh, help with the financing, whether you want to have a 100% buyout, whether you want to transition gen- multi-generationally to a family member. Um, but all of those things certainly uh, are in existence. And the fact of the matter is sometimes there are bidding mores over companies. If you've got good, strong numbers, good, solid profit, strong bottom line, sustainable growth, lots of loyal customers, I would think that a lot of people are going to want that.
0: Right. So with your loyal customers, for example, say at the pizza, you, is the, the card or something you're saying, you know, come by, come, you come mm-hmm. in five times, you get one free, that kind of thing for loyalty? That...
1: Yes, but we go beyond that. We have, uh, I've researched loyal pro- loyalty programs for, wow, well over 18 months now. And uh, I guess two years, oh my goodness. And uh, it's not as much just a points collection and a redemption, but it's building a community. So we're able to correspond with them. We're able to actually have dialogue with them. And we have uh, an opportunity to have them engaged in our community. We do an awful lot of fundraising. And so if they have needs, we want them to come to us. And so we will remind them of some of the services that we offer that might not be top of mind to them on a regular basis. And quite frankly, they might not even know that we do some of these things. Uh, The other point that that it's important to uh, recognize, is most businesses have some element of philanthropy. They fundraise themselves for certain causes or charities, or in fact, they may do it anonymously, but it's important to understand how that affects your customer base. People like to know and like to do business with others who share the same philosophy. We donate to a food bank. We our, our business model is such that we only keep our product. Once we've made a pizza, we only keep it for 30 minutes. Well, we all know that there's nothing wrong with a pizza that's 45 minutes old. Yeah. So, But we do not sell it. So what we do do is uh, we refrigerate it immediately, and then we have a food bank uh, go to all of my stores and in all the cities, and uh, and we donate all of those pizzas to a food bank. Awesome. And uh, last year we donated thirty thousand pizzas
0: Woo-hoo. All right. to food banks. That's awesome. And so That's it's a, it's
1: important for people to, to to know that you know you do things like that because now there's a real connection, and and it's not just about you know a pizza or or a swimming pool or lawn cutting service. That's the byproduct. The real exchange is the relationships that you build, and that's what commerce is really, truly all about in my mind.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Bottom line. So is there a lot of work for someone like a new purchaser of a business? You know, there is.
1: They have to be prepared. Um, They have to do their own business plan, regardless of whether there was a business plan in place when the company they are purchasing was started they need to look at this with as much sincerity and uh, work ethic that if they were starting it from scratch. Because they may have systems in place that they're inheriting. They may have operations in place that are working well. But they need to look at it from a particular personal point of view as to how is this going to integrate with my lifestyle? How is this going to integrate with my overall future plans? And they need to really get in there and have a lot of planning done before the transaction takes place. So when you buy the company, it's a little, that's a little late to take ownership and then say, okay, now what? Because what you're doing is you're hitting the ground. It's like trying to jump on a Ferris wheel while it's moving.
0: Right. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Hey, you know, I wanna let everybody know again you're listening to Ready Set Retire and I'm Chris Miller, your host. You can reach out to me at Ready for Pre-Retirement. I have a free article on the three myths of financial planning. And Kathleen, she has a really cool thing called the seven secret questions. It's an audio CD. So they can go to your site, right? Making your own money dot com and get that. Yes,
1: Chris, that's my gift, and, and those are the questions that you, they should ask. If they're thinking of buying a business, if you're thinking of selling a business, you need to get those questions because now you know it, you have a tool. You can hand a prospective buyer uh, information. You can give it to the broker who's going to be brokering your business. You know, everything, every time you can make something easier for someone, it adds value to the exchange. And so regardless of whether or not you personally are thinking of starting a business, it might be your son, your daughter, your aunt, uh, it, it's, there's lots of valuable information in there for absolutely everyone. And, uh, you know, I think having that when you're talking about, you know, how much work and, and uh, building a marketing plan and building a business plan, those seven questions, uh, they definitely will inspire lots of thought in those directions.
0: That's awesome. Well, get get the seven secret questions audio CD at makingyourownmoney.com. You need to listen to this. So listen to someone that knows that has the experience. That's how I've learned. You know, it, mm-hmm. we can't do it by ourselves. We need help from, help each other. So this is good stuff here.
1: Well, you um, know, Chris, one of the things I loved about what you do is you're helping people really prepare for their future. And... um I like to think that retirement is a future step. So uh, when you invited me to come on and talk, uh, I just felt that this. there's so many people who are out there, they may be thinking that their their business is their only means of retirement, and if it is, we want to absolutely maximize that for them. So, I, I, again, I was really happy to be able to go over some of these, not just the questions, but some of these things that, uh, you know, th- that maybe a purchaser hasn't thought of. There is a lot of work, and... and uh, if there's repeatable steps that the uh, person, a vendor rather, the, the owner is, has prepared for a new buyer, it's a lot easier. You know, I, I'm just going to take a break right now and, and go be, kind of double back a little bit. If you are an owner of a business and you are prepared to uh, enter or preparing it for sale, so you're entering into the notion of selling it, you need to start developing, if you haven't already, every aspect of every system within your company should be documented, and I mean everything, to the point of when do you get the mail and how do you uh, wind the clock, because those step-by-step processes in place are going to really add value to your company.
0: That is basically telling them, okay, this is how you answer the phone, this is what you do with the mail, those kinds of things, right? Right.
1: Absolutely. And and of course, then the transition is easier because oftentimes there's a huge responsibility, uh, uh, um, an assumed responsibility by both parties, actually, that there's going to be a transition period where the previous owner might transition and work with the new owner. That can really, co- sometimes it works beautifully. If you have a, a very succinct plan with complete expectations and you communicate those effectively when you're drawing up the offer and and forming the contract but uh if in fact there's a breakdown in that the purchaser needs to know that there's a go to place for absolutely every element within that that business that they're buying and uh, again it it well first of all it will reduce stress on both sides but uh if god forbid anything should ever happen to the previous owner then that person has the confidence to know that the sustainability of their company is going to be there. There's nothing that's going to fall through the cracks. And most especially if they've built themselves a wonderful situation within their community. Um, oftentimes, the transition or sale of a co- company is hampered because they, uh, they don't want to let the community down. What if a new owner doesn't do this? What if a right. new owner doesn't do that? So having it all written down in a, a manual really eliminates all of that uncertainty.
0: That's great. And so that gives them the confidence in the existing management team, right?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what it does. Yes.
0: And what is O L B E? Well, this is
1: really important. Colby. K O L B E. I started using it years ago, and it's a very quick little test. Now, we've all done personality tests and aptitude uh-huh. tests and things like that. But this is actually a little bit different. I have all new hires take a Colby test. And I think the expense to me is around $50, but quite frankly, I've always said invest in hiring and um, you'll get better qualified people. And so uh, what it is, is it gives you uh, an opportunity to evaluate the method of operation, let's say, how that person does life, what stresses them, where they excel, and so positioning them on a team. And having them complementary to the management team that's in existence can go an awful long way. So I strongly encourage people to utilize tools like this and build evaluations into your company's process from the minute you hire, from that very first introduction, so that there's no assumptions and everyone understands the expectations.
0: Right, right, exactly. Well, so what do you think about social media? And that really seems to be changing business today. Wow.
1: so much so that the social media is even changing uh, because of business today. In fact, you know, if you don't have a presence on the Internet, if you don't have a website on the Internet that's connected with social media, um, people don't think you have an authentic company. It's just that simple. The first place people uh, go to to get information research on a company is the Internet. They will look on Facebook. They will look um, at Pinterest or, or Twitter just to see how you communicate with your customers. What's the relationship-building pattern all like? And they will make decisions based on that presence before they even walk through the threshold if it's a bricks-and-mortar store. Now, one of the other things that I think we're all aware of is the importance social media places on hiring and team building. And you can have a candidate that, by all intents and purposes, answers all the questions right, and you feel very confident in bringing them onto your team or a manager bringing them in, and you visit some of their social media sites, and your opinion might change. So I think social media is uh, fantastic. It's it's a wonderful tool. Uh, You can utilize it in a number of different ways, but it isn't just to make sure it's not... I don't believe it's about making a sale. I believe it's about communicating with your marketplace and having your customer and your client understand who you are. By the same token, it works to their reverse if, in fact... They're looking for employment. You can check their social media and see whether or not this, their uh-huh. integrity aligns with your company's principles. So it's really a valuable tool, I think, mm-hmm. both ways.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. People don't seem to realize that. But so so you, do you use a lot of social media in your advertising for your businesses too?
1: I do. I, I use it to advertise, but more than anything, I just it, it's almost like a catalog. You know, I I put, if I'm offering uh, a service, um, I put it out there just as cataloging it. Um, There may or may not be a price attached. Um, I believe that because I'm a bricks and mortar kind of girl with my stores, I think that if you are doing anything in business, in commerce, you need to understand that your website is exactly a bricks and mortar location. And if you think of it in those terms, you will address it differently. And by that, I mean, if you had a bricks and mortar store, what would you do? You would make sure that the threshold was clean, that it was freshly painted, and and it was well-maintained. Well, the same token, your website should have that same opportunity. It shouldn't be stagnant. It shouldn't be static. It should be refreshed. And because of this, I use the, the opportunity to catalog what I'm doing to give me an opportunity and remind us. That we need to refresh things. Um, I use social media for my bricks and mortar uh, communication as well, my store, my bricks and mortar stores, because I know that people want to know how I do business and they want to know what my business philosophies are. So I utilize that, not just to advertise products or service, but to advertise my philosophy, if you will. Um, The fact that we, we love to give to food bags, the fact that we help with fundraising. I'm not... It's not from a self-serving point of view, but it's the way of introducing yourself to your prospective customer in a very uh, calm, integrated, heartfelt, warm, generous method. If they don't want to look That's fine. But it's there. They've got as much as as they want. So that's kind of how I use social media. Yes, I use it to catalog items. I will make announcements on it just to bring people up to speed because that's a bricks-and-mortar venue, whether whether you like it or not. The the truth is that's how people find you. So uh, long gone is the day that we all have storefronts.
0: Right. Absolutely. Well, the big question I want to ask you is how – is it because you have people in place? How is it that you works? how many hours is it a week? <laughs> Not <laughs> well, a whole lot. got everything um, in
1: place. Yes, it, it, absolutely everything developed from operations and systems. Delegation is absolutely essential. You know, uh, you have to, first of all, you have to think of yourself as a CEO, and that's part of the mindset having a good opportunity to understand your money relationship, but also be responsible to your company by assuming the role of a CEO and make decisions that are logical for all involved, that are scalable and that remove you from the day-to-day operations. And that is, in fact, the secret sauce to making sure that you work less.
0: That sounds exciting. Wow. Well... We have a few minutes left. Maybe if you give everybody a little cherry on the top. Can you believe how fast this hour went?
1: Crazy fast, crazy fast. You know, I I was just thinking, one of the things that people... I I had a client yesterday, and and she just brought me to tears. And I said, what's your biggest obstacle in business? And this is the same thing. You know, people who have business for years, sometimes they get burnt out, and that's why they think they have to sell. But her answer, and I hear this all the time, is... It's time. I don't have enough time. Uh, When Yeah, you know, people who they start businesses and they they form companies and they think no one else can do it as good as I can. So they don't delegate. And so then they are like hamsters on a wheel and they have no time for anything else. And then they become somewhat bitter and restrained in doing the things that they would really like to do that's actually going to bring balance so that the work doesn't seem so hard. And they're just on that merry-go-round. So the one thing, if, if I want to leave everyone with something, I want to just leave them with this thought. It isn't so much that someone can't do things the way you do. The fact of the matter is they might do things better. And you need to allow yourself the freedom to position someone else with better qualifications to do a specific job within your company. Because you can't Everything to everyone within your company it 's an impossibility. Usually, the people who form companies are visionaries. they have the ability to set goals and accomplish those goals and get from point A to point B regardless of the obstacles. but they may not be good at follow through and they may not be good at positioning leadership uh, pardon me um, team building attributes to their their subordinates so Sometimes they need some HR help. Usually they are uh, working at the speed of sound because they go so fast, but they don't take time, and they heap more and more and more on themselves. So if I can say one thing, don't be afraid to delegate because you might find someone better than yourself at that particular job.
0: All right. Well, that sounds like words of wisdom, and I'm going to take some of those myself. (laughs) <laughs> and Kathleen, it's really been a pleasure talking to you today. You've shared some amazing tips, and, and I totally encourage everybody to reach out to you and, at um, yourmakingyourownmoney.com. And again, share again what your special offer is today. Chris, what
1: we're doing today is a fast-track system. So makingyourownmoney.com has just released... A fast track six month program where you get to kick my brain twice a month for six months, and that offer is for two thousand dollars. Now that's that's really peanuts when you when you look at what it's going to take to increase your business, and uh, and the worth and the value you have within your company. So this is a way of gaining mentorship, putting a fire underneath your employees. If that's what it takes, we walk to our my five step money system, so you get complete access. To each element, each pillar within that system. And I have to be honest, it's also a little bit of hand holding. You know, we all need help. We can't do it alone. There's a, a, a strong message, and I believe it deep in my heart, that you should lift as you climb. And I have, I, I, I'm happy to say that I'm in a position I can do that. So I just want to give. Other entrepreneurs, females, males, I don't care. Anyone who needs some help, I'm here. Pick my brain. (laughs) All
0: right. That sounds great, Kathleen. I really appreciate it. And again, this is Ready, Set, Retire. And I'm Chris Miller, your host. And you can reach out to me at readyforpretirement.com and grab. I've got some articles over there and a ton of free articles on my blog, Chris Miller Money Maestro And, again, I really appreciate having you as a guest on the show today and wish you many blessings.
1: Chris, it was my pleasure, and certainly I'd love to return that sentiment. Thank you all to your listeners. I hope that this was of value to them, and I wish them all well.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much. There's so much to learn about Healthy Money. I hope today's discussion brings you one step closer to securing and protecting your future. So you can get started on the right foot, go to Meetwithchrismeller.com and schedule your free financial fitness strategy session. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to Money911 so you don't miss our next episode, which includes health wealth and peace of mind.